Welcome to the Lisa Wexler Show podcast. Think of it like a magazine or a box of chocolates. You never know what you'll get. From politics to pop culture, healthcare to legal issues, it's all here. And my behind-the-wheel chats are personal observations created especially for you on podcast only. Enjoy. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Care Patrol of Connecticut in New York is your number one partner for securing safe senior living options and navigating the senior care continuum. Their services are at no cost to you, and they guide you through the entire process. Visit www.carepatrolct.com for details. Hola, welcome back to the show. Joining us now is Amelia Adi and uh, also Jane Roth. Amelia is a reporter for the Connecticut Examiner. She's an award-winning reporter for the Connecticut Examiner. Uh, We had Greg Stroud, the editor of the Connecticut Examiner, on our show not too long ago. And uh, because of a caller into the show, he promised to do a story on the issue about teachers and their Social Security benefits. In fact, uh, I think, Amelia, it's fair to say you found something really chunky to talk about here with a lot of different people you interviewed, including somebody named Jane Roth, who was a special ed teacher who also wanted to be part of the segment today. Amelia and Jane, welcome to the Lisa Wexler Show. Hello. Thank you. Thank Thank you. you. Amelia, I want to begin with you. Amelia, tell us a little bit, what is the most, what is the gist of the story? What's the most important issue here? So the basic just here is that there are two provisions that exist um, that affect teachers and in some areas other municipal employees, police officers, that affect the amount that they're able to collect from Social Security. Um, And this affects only about 15 states. It goes back to decisions that were made, you know, half a century ago um, that requires if a state chose to have a, a pension program, essentially, for these employees, they are prevented from collecting certain Social Security benefits or they have those benefits reduced. I have a question. I'm, I'm very confused about this myself, Amelia, and I want to thank you for this in-depth reporting. But why only 15 states? And, and, and if that's the case, is this something that a state can change why is the advocacy to the federal government if it only affects 15 states? That's confusing to me. So I'm not going to pretend to be an expert on this. I was as confused as you were are when I started out on this. Um, it was a decision that each state made 
whether they wanted their employees to be included in the federal Social Security program or whether they um, would have their own pension program. And Jane, please feel free to correct me because you are probably much more the expert than I am on this. But um, my understanding is it now has to be changed at the federal level because it is the federal government that funds Social Security. Okay, but if it was a state election, it can't be undone, in other words? It cannot be undone on a state it, level it the cannot, way— It cannot. It has to—no, the state really can't do anything. It has to come from the federal government. I see, because that is different from Medicaid, for example, where states are always making their own elections when it comes to health care. So that's why I was confused about this. Okay. All right. It, well, it is confusing. <laughs> yeah. Jane, go ahead. Well, first of all, let me just say that uh, so it was 15 states that and Puerto Rico that opted out of uh, of, of people when they were going to pay pensions to public servants. The, the states opted out of uh, the Social Security system, and everybody knew that and accept, and that was fine. Um, can uh, can a state opt back in? to then, you you know, participate in Social Security, possibly, but that doesn't change the fact. What has to be changed at the federal level is for the the repeal of the windfall elimination provision and the the government pension offset. No one state can, can repeal that on their own. They can change whether or not they choose to go back into having their public servants uh, paying into Social Security. I imagine, although I don't know for sure, but I presume that that that, that could be undone. But this is a federal level. I will also say that I'd like to make a correction here. We pay, we and our spouses pay for Social Security. The government isn't paying for Social Security. This is, this is taken, this is money that's funded through our payroll taxes. So, um, and Social Security is, a, you know, uh, is is federal. So about four years ago, the law w- was made. The provisions were put into Social Security. The windfall elimination provision is the one that reduces uh, anywhere from forty to sixty percent the amount that a person who, for instance, a police officer who receives a pol- uh, a pension, um, could collect on money that he may have earned working a part time job doing security or something like that. And so that's money that he or she would have put in on their own and that for which they are going to only get 40 to 60 percent of their own personal income. The government pension offset affects uh, people who are divorced and widows and widowers. I'm a widow. Um, And so and so we we lose Again, we can lose a portion or we can lose up to 100% of survivor benefits upon uh, retirement. So once you're 65, as long as I work, I'm a teacher in New Haven, and as long as I continue to work, I can collect my husband's, the survivor benefits, my full husband's survivor benefits. The minute I retire, now I won't have a full pension because I took a lot of time off from teaching to raise my children and I work part-time and so forth and so on. But I don't have, uh, in Connecticut, by the way, you have to be 30, 37 and a half years to collect your full teacher retirement. I'll be 87 by the time that happens. Um, uh, and I'm 30, 73 now. But when my husband died eight years ago, I went to the Social Security office 
uh, about three or four weeks after he died. And that is the first time that I knew that if I stopped working and I retired, that I would get uh, none. I would not get his Social Security benefits because even though I would only have a partial pension, according to whatever the formula was that Social Security is using, I would be making too much, and so what I would, I would get none of his, um, none, none of my survival So benefits. this so is so wait. So let me work. let me understand this. We're chatting with Jane yes. Roth and Amelia Adi. So let me understand this. While you're working, you're earning mm-hmm. money, and if your husband were to pass while you're working, which he did, you can collect his benefits. But the minute Correct. you stop working, which means you're deprived of obviously your income. Instead Correct. of when you need it most to get your husband's survivor benefits, you don't get Correct. your husband's survivor benefits either. So it's a double whammy if you stop working. Absolutely. So my, my personal choices are I can work until I'm 87 and a half years old <sighs> and, uh, and collect a full teacher's retirement, which at that point maybe I'd be able to live on and maybe I wouldn't, but whatever. But at least it would be the full teacher retirement pension. Or I can stop working like tomorrow and collect a partial pension and no Social Security. So, wow. you, you know, so there are no choices. And wow. I am not alone. I also want to, so I'd also like to correct the, uh, so it is true about the 15 states and the, uh, uh, and the weapon that, you, that have pulled out of Social Security and so uh, those because in favor of their pension plans exclusively. However, it does, it affects people in all 50 states and Puerto Rico. There's no mistake about that because there are some segment of postal workers who have been affected. And I don't know enough about the postal post office system, but there are some post office workers, for instance. There are some people in the in the military who are who would be affected? There were people all over for lots of different reasons. Every, we hear primarily about teachers, firefighters, and police officers because it's pro- we're probably the largest collective group. But it's other people too. For instance, people who have worked in um, a foreign country for a period of time and come back here. Those people, they're not affected by the GPO, but they are affected by the WEP. They will then be subjected to losing a good portion of the Social Security that they earned because they are, a foreign, they are earning a foreign pension. So this is affecting people in 50 states and Puerto Rico, and that is why it is imperative for everybody to be concerned about this. It also affects uh, incomes. So if people can no longer afford to live in New York or, or, or uh, um, well, not so, New York's not really affected by this is the way we are. So let's say Connecticut. People can't afford to live in Connecticut. So where do they move? They move to Florida. Well, now, uh, you know, so, and, but they can't, you're, they don't have the income and they can't spend. They're just living in Florida or wherever, whatever other state, right? They're living to, pretty much to survive. They're not spending, they're not using the income they have to spend. And in some cases, I mean, in some cases we have, there are teachers and and other public service people who are going on SNAP programs and living in subsidized housing 
this, because, you know, figure somebody who, who, who retired 20 years ago, even with a full pension, what, what did that look like 20 years ago? So this is a real economic issue for not just for the individual, but for the country, because, you know, you know, pain Thank you, Jane. Pain okay, later. Jane, Jane, yep. I want to turn to Amelia. Amelia, you're listening to this. You did a tremendous amount of research in just a week. I was very impressed. Amelia, tell us a little bit about some of the other stories you heard from some other people about this. Well, Jane would know these as well. I spoke with a few people who were affected very much by the windfall elimination provision. Um, teachers who came into teaching later on in life um, who are now limited in the amount of the Social Security that they are able to collect from their prior uh, job outside of teaching. Um, and, you know, I think that what came up in these discussions were we're looking at a teacher shortage nationally. That's not a surprise to anyone. And if this is a deterrent to individuals who might be considering coming into teaching as a second profession, um, that's something people should really be aware of. I mean, I, I think that that's really the larger point here, because I certainly didn't know about any of this until one of our callers told me about it. Who would even imagine? And why do we have, Amelia, do you know, or Jane, why do we even have this exception? I know you said it affects occasionally postal workers and police officers, but it really affects teachers the most, particularly here in Connecticut. Why do we have this exception when you think about there are a lot of people that belong to different unions. There's a lot of people that get pensions. Why have we punished teachers in terms of receiving survivor benefits for Social Security? What was the thinking here when the pension is basically funded by state money anyway? Why are we punishing that? I mean, you would have to ask the uh, <laughs> the legislators who made this decision 40 years ago. Um, it was, I mean, it, no one's going to say it, but it 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 was a it was a retaliatory uh, against the states who pulled out of Social Security, I believe. And so, what do you mean is, pulled out of Social is, Security? What do you mean retaliatory? I don't mean, um, because. Uh, because in Connecticut, uh, as a teacher, I pay into my pension, but I do not pay into Social Security. And therefore, their, their retaliation is that you couldn't get your husband's survivor benefit because you weren't paying Correct. in. I see. Yeah. I see. So it's, 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 this whole thing is very it's rather punitive. sexist, too, isn't it? It's very sexist. Because well, it, it, to in, some extent, in, it is. It is because because the majority of teachers historically have been women. No, it is. There's a lot of sexism here. It assumes a model well, of a two a parent. Of- it assumes a model where you know people are aging and um, uh, they're aging with a partner, and the partner was a husband, and the husband was earning more. I think there's a lot of underlying sexism here. I do. Oh, there's no question about that. I mean, the G under the G uh, uh, between them. I mean, uh, it, it, about eighty three percent of the of the people who are affected are impacted by this are women. So that, yes, that, that is true. But, um, but you know, it's kind of, uh, you can't, but we can't minimize the fact also that, you know, even, even a police officer, so they can, or a, or a firefighter, they get to retire at 20, 25 years, something like that. So now they're in their forties. Oftentimes they go into another profession or they start their own business. How unfair of, of how unfair to them that going into that, knowing 
because they served whatever community you know they were in that that they're going to lose their um, there's a portion of their social security even before they start. So you can, you get it at both ends. You get it at the front end where you have people, for instance, like teachers, pe- people who are working in private industry who want to become teachers who now are thinking, you know, having second thoughts about that. And that's a real, that's a real thing. And then you have people at the other end who retire relatively young and want to continue working, but no going into it. They're going to be punished and not receive their full social security. It's really very unfair. Well, let me ask you something, Jane. Do you think that in in your perfect world, uh, would we have teachers uh, have to contribute to social security in order to get their pension and the survivorship benefits? Not, no. I think, I look, nobody is asking for anything that they have not earned. Um, My husband was never in public service. He was always in private industry. And he worked, well, over 45 years, if you want to, and contributed over 45 years. There is no reason his money should not go to me because that was always his intent. And so, yeah, so I agree with you. For me, so I, that doesn't matter. And now if I was left to my own devices, if for the sake of argument, he was still alive. Um, you know, so I worked different jobs, whether it was, you know, a waitress or a bartender or a receptionist in some office or whatever it was. So I have a, mod- a small amount of Social Security on my own, very small. But why shouldn't I receive all that whole amount? Let's say it's $8,000. Why shouldn't I receive that whole amount? Why should I only receive maybe 3200 of it, right? All right, because we're going to be right back. Okay, in. Jane, we're going we're gonna to be right back. We're chatting with Amelia Ate and Jane Roth. We're talking about... Uh, the we're talking about the fact that teachers in Connecticut and some other employees as well do not receive survivor benefits. I want to continue to have this conversation. 203-333-9422. We'll be right back. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. So we're talking a little bit about the issue, which uh, Amelia Ati for the uh, Connecticut Examiner uh, interviewed a bunch of people, including Jane Roth, who's on the phone with us right now, who's a special ed teacher in New Haven. And we're talking about the existence of what many people feel to be an inequity in current policy, in our current law. And that is that teachers in particular, and there are some other employees as well, but teachers in particular, when they become teachers in Connecticut, 
they give up the right to the survivor social security benefits of their husbands. And I want to think about this in the big picture because it seems like we are punishing or isolating teachers. In other words, let's think about the fact that somebody could work in business and private enterprise or uh, not work at all. Let's say somebody doesn't work at all. They don't contribute uh, to their, um, to the, to the society. They don't contribute. They're not punished when their husband passes away or their wife passes away, they get the survivor benefits. Uh, we are literally punishing teachers whom we desperately need, by the way, and, and frankly need to incentivize to become. We are saying because you were a teacher, because you, your state decided that in exchange for your pension, you don't have to pay social security, that you don't get to receive the survivor social security benefits that your partner worked many, many years to receive and that you had to have been married at least 10 years to receive to begin with. It, it just strikes me as an extraordinary exception and not in our own best interests at all. Uh, Amelia Ati for Connecticut Examiner, I know that you're a reporter, but from your reporting, do you come back and then conclude that this policy is wise or unwise? What are the politicians you interviewed have to say about all of this? So I, I had reached out to comment for most of the Connecticut delegation on the federal level, and the majority, well, everyone that I heard from told me that they were in favor of the repeal of these provisions. The question that I am hearing is less about do we repeal this or not, at least from the Connecticut delegation. I can't speak to nationally, but the question I'm hearing is, do we want to simply repeal both of these provisions now, quickly, or should this be part of a larger overhaul of Social Security that is in the works? Um, so the question to me does not seem to be whether, but how. And in terms of a larger overhaul, once you hear that, you have to say to yourself, well, that may or may not survive a particular change of administration. We've been talking about an overhaul of Social Security and or the immigration system, it seems, for decades. I would think that these teachers would need relief much sooner than that. Well, you know, Garrett Graves of Louisiana, first it was uh, Rodney Davis of Illinois, but uh, he was kind of gerrymandered out of his district. In any case, Garrett Graves of Louisiana, uh, representative, of Louisiana, he um, is uh, sponsoring a bill. It's called HR 82, and it calls for the full full repeal of the weapon, the GPO. And it is and uh, Abigail Spamberger from Virginia is working uh, as closely as possible with him. And they are they have so far garnered 289 co-sponsors now you need 218 you know to actually bring to the floor but they don't but they're 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 going for 300 or more and i i have a feeling he's going to because he's so close he's going to drop he's going to uh introduce the bill into the house very very soon from there um sherrod brown of illinois who has repeatedly brought up his companion bill um now has 44 co-sponsors. 
He needs 60 so in the Senate. So we're hoping that once uh, Garrett Graves introduces the bill, that we get at least the 218 actual signatures that you need, not just somebody who co-sponsors, but an actual signature. You know, and you have to, unfortunately, you have to be in Washington uh, when that happens. So we're hoping, um, so I think that's why it's important. I'm assuming this is, the thinking is the reason you need such a huge margin is for, you have to take into account all of those people who, can't for one reason or another be in Washington during the period of time that the bill needs to be signed. Um, and then once that happens, uh, we need the Senate. Now we need, we'll need 16 more um, uh, co-sponsors in the Senate and then to get the Senate moved. What happens is, Lisa, you're absolutely right. Um, the, uh, the idea of conflating an overhaul of um, of of Social Security, which which may or may not be necessary, probably is, um, with the immediate need of giving people back the money that they have contributed, are it's like apples and oranges. Mm-hmm. It's just not the same. Um, if you hear, if you Garrett Graves was interviewed recently. Um, I, I did send you the uh, video. I don't know if you had a chance to see it, but in that interview, he says over 40 years, $700 billion has been stolen from the paychecks of workers. And, um, and he said, and it's time for that to end. And so that's why I think we need to start with the repeal uh just you know start with the repeal because there seems to be an overwhelming 289 co and this is bipartisan by the way that's sure. unusual this is bipartisan yeah, so hr 82 okay so that's good to know hr 82 i will say this you know i would go one step further i've i've always theoretically not understood why uh people have to choose from one or the two benefits in other words, I've always felt that that was unfair. So I'm married to my husband. I work X amount of years. He works X amount of years. We both retire and we both get pensions. Why is it if um, one of us passes that we only get one pension? It doesn't seem fair to me. It seems, in other words, if we were working for a company, typically you get the survivor benefit, but you also get your own income. When it comes to Social Security, you only get one out of two anyway. You, do you know what I'm saying? In other words, a husband and wife, I, they, I are they only, you only get the higher of the two, and yet two people have been putting into the system all those years. It seems to me, honestly, the fair thing is if you are a married couple and you have been living together, that whoever survives, that that person should get both benefits until that person dies because they've both been working and struggling and put into the system. So as it is now... I mean, what's happening to you, Jane, and teachers like you, to me, is grossly unfair. It's indefensible. But altogether, to really think about Social Security, why is it that a couple only has to, you know, has to choose only one? That doesn't seem fair either, if you really think about it. It, You're putting it to a pension. Why should you lose both? I mean, why should you have to lose one? It's crazy. I understand. And that that seems to be the – that might be something that would be considered in the next phase – which would be part of the Social Security overhaul. Yeah, but, but it now, could bust it. 
But it could bust it. That's the problem. It would cost so much money that people would cry, right? Because they say the Social Security, because we have so many older people and fewer and fewer young people ultimately who will be working to support us, that we're going to be an inverted pyramid at some point. So it probably won't happen. But listen, ladies, I'm very glad that you both came on the show. I'm glad that you brought a lot of heightened awareness and attention to this issue. Now that I know it's HR 82, I'll keep an eye out for it myself. And good luck, Jane Roth, with your advocacy. And thank you so much, Amelia, for you and the examiner following up and doing such an in-depth story. It's very, very worth reading. It's in CT Examiner. You can find it online. I want to thank you both for joining us today. Thank you for mm-hmm. having us. I appreciate Thank I you. appreciate your spreading the word, and I will send you updates as I get them. Thank you so much, Jane. We'll be right back with more of the Lisa Wexler Show. Stay tuned. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Thank you for listening. If you liked what you heard, please share it with your friends. And as always, feel free to contact me at Lisa at LisaWexler.com.